the cheese pull was literally insane. But welcome back, everybody, to the Random PM Podcast. And I have a banger of an episode for you guys today. But before we get into it, we went, so me and my grandfather, we went to this place called the Twisted Grilled Cheese. And when I tell you it was twisted, I'm not playing with you. They had incredible employees. They were fast. They were kind. The food was, oh my, the cheese pull on my sandwich was insane. I actually posted a video about it. So, I will leave the address down below. Y'all need to go check it out, okay? And if you're a student or teacher, I didn't even know this, but on Wednesdays, you can go and you get 15% off. And their root beer is really good, too. So, y'all need to go try out the Twisted Grilled Cheese. We're doing well podcast-wise. I appreciate and love every each one of y'all. But today, we have a guest interview, which I haven't done in a while. But I don't like to tell y'all who the guest is in the in the intro. It's no fun. We'll get into it. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for rocking. But without further ado, let's just hop right into the interview. So who are you? I've been trying to figure that out for the last 60 years. <laughs> All right, go ahead and introduce yourself. For those of you who are unfamiliar with me, my name is Robert Crutchfield. I'm the founder of both CrutchfieldCooks.com and the even newer Crutchfield Cooks Academy which is an online cooking school. Oh, really? Oh, cooking school. So what do you like? So you're into culinary. What do you like to cook? Stuff like that. I'm more of a home-style cook, meatloaf, a lot of breakfast-type items, a lot of things where you borrow from one category and, and, and make it out of something with another category. Right. I'm kind of interesting when it comes to, well, not just food, but almost anything. But food in particular, there's almost... Nothing about food that does not interest me on some level. I've loved food my entire life. Haven't always been able to do it as a job, but I've always been around it in one fashion or another. One of the more interesting things is that my grandfather and my great-grandfather were both professional chefs. So you could say it's in my DNA. Right. Okay, so... I, I know usually we start off with your background and stuff, but I, I have to be real. What are your thoughts on Bobby Flay? I wanted to get straight to that real quick. What are your thoughts on Bobby Flay? Because I don't like him at all. I don't know that I like or dislike Bobby Flay. I, 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 it's on, on one certain level or another, I respect what he's been able to accomplish. But certainly in the world of professional chefs, uh, there are a great number of other people like Simon Mujumdar, or Robert Irvine, or some other people that I would spend my time watching before I would watch a show that had Bobby Flay in it. <laughs> I I agree on that. So, like, what is your favorite, like, not genre, that is movies and books. What is your favorite, I forget what it's called, but, like, Italian or Mexican or American. Like, what is your favorite? My favorite cuisine? Yes, that's the I would I say... Going. American home style, steaks, meatloaf, roast beef, the things that a lot of us grew up with. Uh, Tex-Mex for me would be a close second. But even in those, it, it, there's all kind of things that I might borrow from, say, Italian and bring it into home style or take something from home style, bring it into Tex-Mex. Oh. So in my world, there aren't necessarily distinct lines uh, between the different cuisines. Uh, so when did you start, like, 
Because, I don't know, maybe it's been your whole life, but when did you start realizing that, ooh, food is something of a passion of mine? Like, when did that start to kick in in your mind? Career-wise, not that long ago, really. M most of my working life, I've gone into one thing or another thing because it was the fad thing at the time or everybody thought I would make more money doing this or that. But upwards of four or five years ago, there was a time where I had to change jobs on an involuntary basis. And since I was making a change, it gave me an opportunity to think about a lot of things. And being later in my life, especially, I kind of had a, a moment where I was a little fed up, to tell you the truth, and sort of decided that I wanted to spend the rest of whatever career I had in food because that's what I wanted to do. That was the thing that I loved as opposed to what somebody else thought that I maybe should be able doing. And so at that point, what happened was I started immersing myself in food, reading about food, watching videos about food, taking online classes about food, working more directly in food, among other things, spending 14 months at a meat counter. Oh, it taught I me a lot about the cuts of meat, about how to keep fresh food where it's in a healthy state and, and safe and more delicious than it could be otherwise just because you handle it properly at different stage during its trip from the slaughterhouse to the table. What does food mean to you besides the fact of you wanted to cook and stuff like that like you personally what does food mean to you food for everybody on one level is a matter of existence we all have to eat but to anybody like me and i've talked to other professionals in the in the restaurant business and whatnot that share this perspective food and our love of food it's the vehicle. The, the thing that it, feeding people does not get you out of bed in the morning. I'm sorry. It does. Yeah. What gets most cooks, chefs, cooking instructors, what have you, out of the bed in the morning is being able to use these semi-magical skills that we have to make people happy and to add to the important events in their life. People, especially in the restaurant space, people come to restaurants to celebrate birthdays. They come to restaurants to celebrate anniversaries. They come to restaurants so that the, the, the one person can propose marriage to the other person. What we do is intertwined into the fabric of life. And what gets me excited, what gets most of the people I know in the food world excited is to make our part of that fabric of their life as happy and as enjoyable and as exciting as possible. Food is our tool in that effort. Ooh, that, that's a really good description. So I agree. I feel like, you know, it doesn't get you out of bed in the morning, but food to me I couldn't care less about the food, but I feel like food brings people together. I feel like when you're at the table, 
it doesn't really matter what you're eating, you're together. And it also brings people joy and excitement in their life and knowing that I get to come home and have a home-cooked meal with my family and food just happens to be the thing that you need to survive. I feel like food, in a way, is family. And sometimes I feel like it's even a way for people to bond and that's the only way they do know how to bond. Well, and think about it like this. Have you ever had a tough day? I think everyone here has. And then you get to lunch or you get to dinner and you sit down and you you eat your lunch or your dinner. And not only do you feel full in terms of satisfying your hunger, but you have a meal that actually makes you feel good. You actually feel better when you get up from the table. Yeah. That's what me and a lot of the people in the culinary world are aiming for is for you to get up from that table and not only feel like your hunger has been satisfied, but you as a whole person actually feel better. Yeah, that's what food means. Now, I'm going to kind of expose the both of us, but I, I have to know, what is your worst cooking fail? We, we both have one. I have mine. What is yours? And then I'll go because it's polite to let the guests go first. Uh, I remember I left an egg out of a meatloaf once, and that was Ooh. that was pretty bad. It, 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 <laughs> it actually didn't taste half bad, and it wasn't that long ago. But what some, but not maybe all of your audience may understand is eggs are what we call an emulsifying ingredient, which means that particularly in something like a meatloaf, it helps hold everything together. So if you leave that very important ingredient out, your meatloaf is going to be flatter and more spread out and definitely not as as pretty as you might have wanted it to be. You seem, and I'll get to my story after, but this is the perfect time. You seem to know a lot about eggs. Tell them about your academy, because I know, isn't your first, first course over eggs? Absolutely. And that's one of the things I'd hope to talk about today. A lot of people don't understand how fundamental eggs are. And that was one of the reasons I, I chose eggs for our first class. One of the other rang things is the eggs are so versatile. They can be baked. They can be boiled. They can be fried. They can be scrambled. They can be, an, they can be a dish by themselves. Or like we were talking about with the meatloaf, they can be an ingredient in something else and perform a very important function in that something else. And one of the things I like about the first course we did is we did, I was very mindful about how we did this first little course in terms of our philosophy as a school. We call it breaking beyond the recipe. It's not my goal as a cooking instructor online or off to teach people how to follow recipes. Even though there are going to be recipes and cooking demonstrations, in this course and most of our others. Take our egg course, for instance. We not only talk about a couple of different ways to prepare eggs, we also talk about the nutritional aspects of eggs. We talk about things like, how do you tell if an egg is good or not? What do you look for in an egg when you're buying eggs in the store, etc.? So that when you come out of our course, you not only know how to fry a good egg, you know skills that go along with that where you can go beyond just 
the dish or two we teach you in the course to, oh, well, if an egg works this certain way, then I can do this and then I have something else or I got this situation with this thing I'm cooking. But I remember in that class I took, they said that eggs were emulsifiers and held things together. So maybe if I tossed an egg in here, maybe it would do better. And that's where the student becomes more than a person that can read a recipe. And they truly become a, a cook who can operate on their own, who can adjust to situations. And at some point or another, they'll get to the place where they'll be creating their whole dishes of their own on themselves. Oh, so I will be leaving a link down to go check out Crushville Cooks Academy, but I'm going to go ahead and tell my funny story because you told yours. So mine is not a cooking fail. Mine is a baking fail. So I run a small side bakery that y'all know of, and I have a signature thing called the Crownie. Well, let me tell you. I was I had to make crownies for an order and I just didn't have butter. So I ran to Kroger and got, you know, their Kroger whatever butter. Well, I went to bake these crownies and they weren't cooking. So I was I was leaving them in for 30, 40 minutes at a time and they weren't getting done. So when you make what's cool about a crownie is when it's cooling it finishes cooking. So it, it it's a cool process to watch. But when I woke up in the morning to package them, I flipped them over and they were soggy and buttery and awful so i was like oh no and yeah that was it was a big fail because it was five dozens that i messed up all five and so that's a big cooking fail for me however this next question i have for you is i mean we can go kind of deep on it but yeah, okay so you have you have a chef right you have someone like gordon ramsay who's amazing with food and he has a passion for food what would you tell so if someone who say works at like a mcdonald's or taco bell and that is still food. It may be very heavily processed, but it's food. But if they're proud of what they do and they're like, yeah, I I whip things up at McDonald's. Would you tell them that you're not really a chef and you're not allowed to be a proud of what you're doing because your food isn't real fancy food? Like, what would you tell? Like, how, how do you feel about that? Well, there's actually a couple of different parts of that. One, nobody, what, there's two different definitions of the word chef technically anybody that's paid to cook is a chef on the other hand to be accepted into to be accepted as a chef in the industry is a completely different thing the industry is never going to accept you as a chef if all you've ever done is work at mcdonald's or whataburger or burger king or wendy's or raising canes or whatever but that doesn't mean that that experience is worthless. You can learn a lot of things from working in what we call a QSR or quick service restaurant, which is the technical term for fast food. You can learn speed, for instance. You can learn consistency. You can learn food safety. You can learn how to move around a commercial kitchen, which is a very important thing because moving around a commercial kitchen is not as easy as you would think. No, not at all. That's four that's four things right there that you can work you can learn working in a QSR. So I would say to those people that no, if all you've done is 
work at, at, a, at a restaurant of that sort, you're not going to be considered a chef. That doesn't mean you're not a culinary professional. And it doesn't mean that there aren't certain things you can learn in that environment that you can't use to maybe someday you will become a chef when you build upon the skills you learn at that level and in that environment. So I would encourage them to learn what they can where they are and build on it. I agree. So in podcasting, there's this really bad problem called imposter syndrome. It's when you go to make your show and you you either don't make more episodes or you don't do the show at all because you're like, oh, well, there's already people who's been doing it or look at them. They're already up there. My show doesn't fit. And so I feel like that's how it kind of is sometimes. Like if you want to be a chef and you start out small like that, you're like, ooh, well, I've only worked at a McDonald's. I don't know if I can come up and I don't know if I could be a, a cook. But what would you tell somebody who who thought like that? What would be your, I guess, motivation to well, someone? Like I've always said, like I always said, the first thing is to build upon everything you're learning where you are. The other thing is to push yourself. yourself. Like I've said, when I started immersing myself in food, there are a ton of online cooking classes out there, mine and others. There's magazines, there's classes, there's in-person in classes you can take. There's One of the things I recommended not too long ago is if you're watching a cooking show, and I don't want to plug any particular show, so I won't. But you're watching your favorite cooking show, whatever your favorite cooking show may be. Most of us, we've got our phone sitting right there. They mention a technique, an ingredient, what have you, you don't recognize or understand. What do you do? Nine out of 10 people are going to just sit there. How about you pick up your phone, go www.google.com, and teach yourself that ingredient or that technique. Yes, Google's a very powerful tool. Well, I'm just saying, utilize Google to even make your pleasure watching of a cooking show an educational experience. Mm, okay. Oh, that is, didn't you write a, a thing about that, about using Google to, mm -hmm. so tell them about your blog, because I know you also have a blog as well. Right, right. My blog, I'm up to about 60 different recipes, articles, and videos on cooking and food-related subjects. I did that as part of the process of just the kind of thing you and I were just talking about, because it doesn't matter whether you're cooking at a fast food restaurant, a school, a hospital, where have you. Odds are somebody's cooking somewhere supposedly better, bigger, and fancier than you are. But it also plays into the process of what we were talking about as what does the industry recognize as a chef as opposed to what the public in general thinks of as a chef. The things that people are going to look at are can you and do you create your own recipes? My recipes are on the internet, so obviously I can't. Right. Can you teach people how to cook? I could argue that my dozens of articles and the handful of videos I've done up till now do exactly that. Now, maybe I'm a little thin on directly supervising other cooks, but then you get into a thing where you're 
going to have a situation, no matter what you do, where there's going to be a chef out there that's better at something than you are. Because nobody's uber good at everything. Oh, no. I don't care if you're a baseball player, a chef, or, or, or something else. Nobody is uber good at every part of the job. It's the same thing with a chef as anybody else. So there's going to be strengths and weaknesses in your portfolio, so to speak. But it's kind of a, at the same time, it's kind of a click box thing. How many of the boxes do you click? And the more boxes you click, the more likely it is that somebody's going to consider, that people in the industry, especially, are going to consider you to be a chef. The rule I was taught, and that a lot of chefs are taught, is that you're not a chef until somebody calls you a chef, which in my case was a local magazine publisher. Now, this local magazine publisher wasn't paying me per se to call me a chef, but you are talking about a respected local businessman who very publicly referred to me as Chef Crutchfield. Right. That's, that's going to factor into people's thinking. That is. Okay, I know you said you didn't want to plug it in, but my final question was going to ask you your favorite cooking show. So I, I you got to well, tell it. Let's do it. Let's do it like this. Instead of plugging, per se, a particular show, I'll give you this. Probably one of my key culinary influences is Robert Irvine. So as an outgrowth of that, I'm certainly going to be popular, be fond of his shows, such as Restaurant Impossible. And I'll, I'll answer it that way. It's not so much, it's not, <coughs> excuse me, it's not that he, it's not that it's my favorite cooking show per se, but it has to do, the, do with the fact that I actually interact with Chef Irvine on social media. I've actually spoken to him. So there's a, there's a connection with there with him as one of my key culinary influences that I don't have with the hosts of the other shows. Ah, it's Hell's Kitchen for me. I love Hell's Kitchen. It taught me that Chef Gordon Ramsay can be mean, and it taught me that it's hard. I when I was so when I was younger, I was watching Hell's Kitchen, and I always wanted to go on that show. I was like, oh, it's easy. They cook it up real quick and bring it. No, it is not easy. And I just like how he yells at them and how they fight each other. And even though, but it's also cool that they're serving one of the or like they're they're cooking for one of the top restaurants in the United States, and it's just really cool to see them grow and progress like they do. But that's all I had for this little interview. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? I'll just end with what we say at Crutchfield Cooks. Learn more, eat better. So what did we learn here? Well, for one, we learned that Crutchfield Cooks knows a lot about eggs, and y'all should definitely go check out his academy. But we also learned that food means more to us than what we think and that Restaurant Impossible is an amazing show that y'all should go watch. But yes, we're doing really good on the podcast. We're doing great. I appreciate you guys. Let me know. Leave a review because I do appreciate it. I do listen to feedback. But yeah, that's all I really have to say. I want to thank our guests for coming on and giving us an amazing insight into the culinary world. But that's all I had to say for today. Y'all know the drill. Get with the program and stay random. Thank you so much for listening.